Hey y'all, it's Baldo here, and I want to help you unlock your next level potential with a discounted ticket to this year's Howdy Health Fest happening in December. Use code HDYHPOD25 and enjoy a weekend filled with world-class biohacking products, top health experts, movement, connection, and recovery, and maybe even some ice baths and some nice sauna time. Remember, this year's festival is December 2nd through 4th. It's going to be an exciting time. We are committed, committed to you to bring you the best experience that your health can achieve. Bye. All right, guys. Welcome to the How Do You Help podcast. It's uh, it's a Sunday. We never shoot on a Sunday. I think this is the first time. Maybe we've done it. Yeah. But this is a really exciting time. There's a lot of people in Austin for health related activities, so we took advantage and we're shooting some podcasts. And uh, and today we didn't get John, but we have a great, great uh, you know just hosting staff. We have Aaron. We have Allison. And uh, we on this one we get to talk to Alan and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. Like because you're a nutritionist, I am. Uh, but you are you really know a lot about a lot of things right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyways, you and I have or our organization and you have met. Like, well, we met ten times. Yeah. But we always get reintroduced to each other. I know. Like, you need to meet this person. And I was like, we've met. <laughs> yeah, people keep trying to introduce us. Yeah. And we're and like, yeah, I, I met him. I know him. Yeah. And so it's like the most interesting thing that, that happens. But finally, Dasha connected this 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 last time. We're like, let's just make this happen. Because we actually just took a trip for New Year's. Yeah, I heard. And, and spent it with Dasha. <laughs> and so we, we probably weren't going to get into that conversation. But before we move on, can you give the listeners and viewers a little bit of a... Uh, description all about me uh so my name is natalie didham and i am a holistic nutritionist i also did the human potential coach training program with bulletproof when they first came out with it so quite a long time ago i did a deep dive into genetics and epigenetics next after that so i keep you know follow the bouncing ball in, in this in this health space i think you know my husband used to accuse me of having you know um shining object syndrome and i've now corrected him and said you know honey i'm a lifelong learner <laughs> wait push record what oh my goodness sorry to start again <laughs> i don't usually run this i'm so sorry yeah. it's okay. three two one and go <laughs> take two over we're good we're good okay well welcome guys to the how do you help podcast i just not thought about that but uh <laughs> It's a very special Sunday. We have Natalie Ninham here, and we're going to talk about all the things health. And we've introduced ourselves like 10 times already. Finally made it. Yes. So we're here. Yes. And uh, yeah, let's get this party started. So can you give a brief introduction to the people? For sure. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm Natalie Ninham. I'm a holistic nutritionist. I, you know, the next step on my journey of doing what I do today is I then became a human potential coach when they first launched that program. And then my next deep dive happened into genetics and epigenetics, um, did that as continuing education. Then I did the Apiron training, Apiron's um, located in Austin yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I went to a conference and I sat in on a lecture and I'm famous for going to conferences and not necessarily going to the talks because <laughs> I never actually make it out of the exhibition hall because <laughs> I'm so busy talking to people. And that's where we connect with people and we learn so much. And not that we don't learn in talks, but anyway, I needed to take a load off. I went to this one talk. The man standing on stage was talking about these things called peptides, which I've never heard about before. And within about 20 minutes, my jaw's on the floor and I'm like, oh my God, I need to learn more about these things. And, um, you know what? I started a Facebook group to justify my new obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and that Facebook group was, I almost got 11,000 people in it now. Oh, wow. Awesome. And, uh, and then shortly after the Facebook group, I was like, how do I get people to talk to me about these things who know more than I do? I know. I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> so. so that's where we're at. <laughs> so that's where we're at. So now I have a podcast called Biohacking Superhuman Performance that I'm hoping to host you guys on someday. Please. Yes. And... Um, and that's where that's where I'm at. So I, you know, they call me the peptide queen. I don't know about the queen part, but I'm <laughs> pretty fascinated with peptides and bioregulators and how they can help people um, really amplify healing in their bodies and regeneration. And I'm 
you know, because maybe because of my age, I'm very interested in longevity <laughs> and regenerating things. And so that's that's kind of been my focus professionally. And then I don't know what else. Well, what what else was, the, what was the first thing? What caught you into peptides? Like, what's the thing that got you to like, oh, my God, this is this is it. This you know what it is? I, I think for me, one of the things that I've always been fascinated with, and this is from this goes back to when I studied physiology in college and then even through my life, as I had my own health challenges, I looked at people around me and I've always had this belief that the body can heal itself. And what captured me about peptides is that they don't, they don't do anything to your body other than initiate a cascade that helps your body re-engage re its own healing systems. And I, that's, that's ultimately what, what keeps me engaged yeah. with peptides. You know, and not that there's not value in medications and drugs and supplements sometimes, but I think anytime we can re-engage the physical, our, our human body into doing what, frankly, it can do better than anybody, of, any of us have ever figured out how to do. Right. And to win. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's cool that, like, the body just basically... It's like saying, give me the ingredients. I'll make you what you want. <laughs> and stop messing me up. Yeah. <laughs> stop giving me the wrong stuff. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. So are peptides, are they amino acids? They're a part of it? So basically what peptides are, they are short amino acid chains. So a peptide by definition is a small protein. And how small it is, it depends on who you speak to. Everybody agrees that 50 amino acids or less is a peptide. Some people would argue 100 amino acids or less. If you guys know much about the protein, everybody, everything in your body is a protein, works with proteins. And we have massive proteins, right, that are like forever long term. And they're folded in very intricate ways. Peptides, the ones we're talking about here, are generally 50 amino acids or less. And then when we're talking about bioregulator peptides, which is like a different category of peptides, those are two to four amino acids. So these are like oh, wow. the teensiest, tiniest proteins you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Because they're so small, they actually cross the cellular membrane, they cross into the nucleus, and they're able to bind to DNA and upregulate the, the, the production of proteins. So they are like a, they're the classic epigenetic switch. Like they, they're like a little switch and they say, okay, we need more of this. Super cool. That's fantastic. So there's a whole science of like rich peptides start with cascade pretty much so you know so some of the better known i would say the best known peptide right now that and you know they're starting to bubble up into the mainstream slowly yeah. so there's the problem is nomenclature yes <laughs> it's really sad you know you've got bpc 157 tb4 ll37 <laughs> ta1 and people are like what are you talking about like, what's with the alphabet here so yeah. bpc 157 is a peptide that a lot of people have heard of and I would call it the Swiss Army knife of peptides. So it's a fragment of a protein that's naturally occurring in your gut. Um, and the BPC stands for body protective compound. Mm. And what's amazing about BPC-157 is that it is the repair peptide. And it is magic for repairing musculoskeletal, so tendons, ligaments, bones, uh, muscle. Amazing for repairing anything in the digest in the GI tract. And this goes from leaky gut to they've done incredible studies on rats with anal fissures, like, you know, like everything, anything. all the things, right? Incredible for uh, people with GERD, for example. One of the things that BPC-157 is it seems to be able to recondition that, that flap that separates the stomach from the esophagus. Um, so it can be really helpful there. Um, it's really good for the brain. It protects from t traumatic brain injury, which I'm sure is why it's been banned from professional sports for some oh, reason. Yeah. Um, so they do, it just hit the water list in January oh this my year. For um, performance enhancing? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it helps people to recover faster from their workouts. It's amazing sure, for inflammation. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing for as an anti-inflammatory. It's good for nerves. It's, what have I forgotten? I mean, it's, it seems to be able to, for most people, rebalance the GABAergic, dopaminergic, and serotonergic systems in the brain. Um, and what's also amazing about BPC-157 is because it's made in the gut and the body recognizes it, even though it's a bit big, it actually, it almost has carte blanche in the body. 
You can use it intranasally. It can be used intranasally. It can be used sublingually. It can be used orally. It can be used by subcutaneous injection. Like all the pathways are available. There's depending on what you're trying to do. There's more efficient. There's always a more efficient route. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I can keep talking about oh, this. No, yeah, it's, well, I wanted to pick on the idea that the nomenclature stuff because, yeah. like, even with vitamins, whenever we yeah. were releasing stuff, they're like, "Oh, you can buy this and that. Like, you can do this and." What do you want to release? And it was always just like the shittiest names. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, how understand? Like, as a marketer and as like coming from the business world, like this doesn't make any sense. Who would ever buy something that's called I don't know what the hell? I know. I was just laughing when you said why it was called BPC one five seven. BPC stands for like actually, actually just a phrase. Yeah. It's yeah. not like what the types of amino acids or anything. It's not no. even that scientific. It's just like <laughs> a phrase. It's so interesting. Well, thank God it's not the amino acids because I think there's nineteen of them. <laughs> Some are 15 of them. So. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. I, I love that because we're starting to look into that. And even for me with this background, with a public health background, with a bunch of science. Oh, sorry. You're good. Awesome. Really close. To no, you're good. Um, I'm looking at it and being like, oh, that's confusing to me who actually understands the science of it. So yeah. um, knowing that it's, you know, means something else is a lot. It's really helpful. So my question is, and it's a little little off the cuff. What is your favorite? What is your favorite peptide? <laughs> yeah. So I, I so I actually, and I do, I kind of have a favorite, but I, I, if I could have only one, my favorite favorite peptide would be BPC one five seven because it is so versatile. It does mm. so much. If I could have two, <laughs> I would add thymus and alpha one to that. Yes. That's a thymus peptide. It's really important for the immune system. It has proved to be incredibly useful over the last two years, so much more that it's been virtually banned. Mm. Um, and then there's the bio, and then that from the category of bioregulator peptides, if I, if I could have one of those, <laughs> then I would pick a pitalon, which is the pineal bioregulator, because it is considered to be the master endocrine um, gland. Mm. So it's a master endocrine regulator. It normalizes melatonin production. It helps to reset circadian rhythm. And then as the cherry on top, it activates telomerase which helps to lengthen telomeres mm, that's so cool um have we talked about have we talked about telomeres on here and everything a little like bit that? yeah there. can you go explain like why telomere length is important for sure uh so telomeres um as some of you may or may not know are the ends of the dna right ends of the strands of dna and every time your dna replicates or duplicates itself we lose it's like Think of it as chiclets, right? So you lose little bits <laughs> off the ends of the DNA. And eventually, once they get super short, your DNA can no longer replicate. And so therefore, your body's ability to repair becomes impaired. And as we get old, our telomeres naturally get shorter. When we look at people who are extremely long-lived, they tend to have longer telomeres. What's interesting is about a week or two before they die, the telomeres get really short. Oh. And when nobody really knows yet about those, we don't know if they die because the telomeres get short or if the telomeres shorten because they're going to die through some other mechanism. So, yeah. you know, so you're having, saying like they still have large, they have longer telomeres than and then, normal. And then somehow week, within a, a week or two, boom, it's really so interesting. So there is a science right now in terms of establishing your biological age. One of the measures we use is your telomere length and your telomere length will correlate with the population and you will be either older than your chronological age or younger than your chronological age. What we what, What's not super clear is what is the exact link between telomeres and health and telomeres yeah. and mortality. And obviously you're better off having longer telomeres for longevity purposes. And that's why the person who discovered telomeres won a Nobel Prize for it. Um, but with something like a pitalon, and we know longer is better until we, even if we don't exactly know why <laughs> in this case. Uh, so that's why Pitalon makes it onto, I think, most people's top. Yeah. That's crazy. So with telomeres, I'm just always, but now, so because if the DNA is corrupted or whatever you want to call that, and when, when it replicates, it continues to, to replicate as a corrupted DNA. So thing. that's, so that's a different that's a different conversation altogether, right? Yeah. So if your DNA is corrupted, that has nothing to do with the telomeres. Right? Sure, sure. So what we want to do, obviously, if we're protecting our telomere length, 
we want to protect our DNA. Correct. Right? Yeah. So we want to take compounds like, I really like things like spermidine. Sure. That is extremely effective at protecting DNA. That's its job, right? Spermidine is found in sperm. Sperm is that very, very precious genetic <laughs> material that needs to get to its destination intact. So spermidine is one of these compounds that we can take. I think spermidine is more important, and it's not a peptide, but it's more important to take later on. So I would say it's one of those compounds I don't recommend to my clients if they're really under the age of 45, mm. typically. Mm. I mean, you, there's Is it bad? I don't know if it's bad. I think. I mean, because I take it just because yeah, I have it. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. <laughs> I think it's not that necessary. And in a world where I'm, certainly when I'm working with people, I'm constantly trying to edit their supplement list because sure. they're t people are taking so much yeah. that... Or maybe you, you know, if you're younger, maybe you take sperm Dean a month on, take a couple months off, take a month on again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and certainly we can make our own sperm Dean, and men are even better at making sperm Dean than women in many ways. <laughs> you, know, you have the name. I hope. <laughs> uh, but, um, I, you know, I, for me, for a younger person, if you're going to prioritize what you're going to be taking, then it wouldn't be at the top of my list. Sure. Right. So, or maybe you would, like I said, maybe I would have people take it for a month and then take like a month every quarter, you know? Well, yeah. Don was in here, right? And so yeah. Don, and uh, so Don he was telling us, and he also said the same thing. Like, it's probably like you should give these to your parents. But the thing about it is that we had so much of it that they did give some to my parents. But then I still had like, well, I'm just going to take it because <laughs> he never said it would hurt. So. No, I don't think it would hurt. Like, I mean, I have like, so the, I use a different brand than Don's, but. When I started my parents on spermidine, I started them on a double dose. And six weeks in, I get a call from my dad going, is there any chance this stuff you've given us is doing something to your mother's hair? And you know, your stomach drops. You know, right. Oh my God, what happened to my mother's hair? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's growing back. Like she'd been losing hair for a wow. couple of years. And for my father to notice this right. was unbelievable. And you for know, a man to notice this. For any man, exactly, right? And so with spermidine, you know, there's all these below-the-surface benefits that people... It's a bit like, you know what it's like? It's like when you renovate your house and you spend a kajillion dollars on the plumbing and the wiring and nobody sees it and you don't feel good. But you really feel good about the kitchen and the bathroom. Right. Because you can see them and you're so excited about them. Yeah. So spermidine gives you the bathroom lift and the plumbing lift because it's really good for hair, skin, and nails. Yeah. And it's good for your deep sleep. So there's the visible benefits in addition to the under-the-hood benefits. That's fantastic. I love that. There's, it's so interesting to me how many new compounds we're like finally getting to research. Like, okay, so I wanted to ask about like what you do with clients. Like, what does it look like when someone comes to you? Like, is it, are they coming to you because of your peptide knowledge at this point? Like, are you? These days, yeah. yeah. I think these days mostly people come to me for peptides. They come to me also because I've really leaned into the longevity space. Like I said, you know, I'm, I'm at that age now where I'm like, better start thinking about these things. <laughs> and so... I'm, I, I kind of have really leaned into this whole, we run their genetics, we run their uh, biological age tests, so we see where they're at. Are you older than your chronological age? Are you younger? And then we start to, I mean, you know, the thing is, yeah, we look at peptides and we look at bioregulators, but nothing's gonna replace the foundations. Totally. So we have to work, we have to look at nutrition, we have to look at supplementation, we have to look at exercise, sleep, nervous system regulation, stress management are you do you actually go outside yeah <laughs> you know, um, all the and so if you don't take care of that foundation if you don't take care of those things before we move you into the fancy like biohacking things and the you know the toys and the tech and the peptides we have to do that work yeah do you notice that is there like a theme of that that maybe sometimes people approach you wanting to talk about like the advanced stuff without yeah 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 like if you're not sleeping we're not gonna do that i mean you know <laughs> so here's the cool thing about the peptides and even some technology and supplements is sometimes we can tap into these things and they can really help people with their sleep because i think it's a little disingenuous to say to someone look until you're sleeping i don't want to talk to you i mean obviously <laughs> if they could sleep they would right so well, it's funny though right because a yeah. lot of the things that we talk about in, in the clinic too is just like we want to do this so they can help you so it helps you sleep better yeah and go outside and then they're looking at you <laughs> going yeah no but i have all these other problems and you're like yeah yeah, well, yeah. Say, but, but I you need to fine. sleep yeah and then you put a wearable on them and yeah 
It was not. like, I, I sleep fine. I only get up like twice a night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got six, four hours of sleep last night. I don't know why I said six. <laughs> I woke up at six, but I got four hours of sleep last night, but I got like really deep sleep. And So this is interesting, right? So sleep quality. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think you want to do that too. No, often. I don't. But but my body was prepared for, or I, I mentally prepared for that. So mm -hmm. I noticed that also when I was falling asleep, I, I could tell that I was already falling deep. I don't yeah. know if you can notice yeah. that. Like sometimes you're like, whatever. But no, I would, and then I woke up and I was like, let's go. Like, I'm ready to go. And, and I was pumped. And, and and I'm pretty sure I'm going to crash tonight because my body's going to be like, hey, we, we got you for a day, but let's go. <laughs> That's it. Time to pay us back. Yeah. yeah. Payback time. Yeah. Because, but you know what? They always talk about how you can't. You can't uh, make up sleep. Make up sleep. And some stuff says that you can't. Not, not necessarily like longer periods of time but like from a night to a night like this yeah i agree i think from a night to a night you can absolutely you can it's not that you get it back it's that you can you can recover from it yeah and i think that if you generally sleep well you're more resilient sure right yeah, and yeah. that's a topic that dasha who reconnected us dasha maximov talks about a lot is resilience mm -hmm. and we can have resilience in our nervous system for stress we can have resilience about sleep. We can have resilience even from a nutrition perspective. If you get your digestion figured out, if you understand what you need to eat most of the time, and I tell my clients this, like we're making it so that you can have like a meal that really sucks, mm -hmm. but it tastes really good once in a while. If yeah. we've built that resilience into your system, you don't want to be that fragile person that forever can only eat like 27 foods because that 28th or 29th food is going to take you down for a week. Yeah. And we know a lot of those people, unfortunately. It was like, I eat pretty clean, but like movies, if I'm at the movies, pizza and popcorn. <laughs> that stuff's nasty. Like, that's like GMO bad fast. No, but this is at an Alamo Draft House here. And they, oh, have they actually have good food. Yeah. Yeah. Like, local and they do like, uh, what did you, uh, uh, they do Kerrygold's uh, butter on the popcorn. Oh, bottomless popcorn. popcorn. And the popcorn is like GMO free. Like, Oh my God. I'm telling awesome you, the movie place. theater here yeah. is great. That is awesome. I sneak mine in. <laughs> <laughs> in Toronto, there's no clean popcorn. I'm like sneaking in my backpack. <laughs> when I used to go to the movies with my mom, she used to show up with a blanket and like a subway in her thing. And then like she always had limes and extra hot sauce because no hot sauces are hot enough. <laughs> oh so it would be, and I'd be like, and you can hear all the noise from her and John rapping. I'm just like, you can Mom. Smell. Like, she's like, well, do you want something? Well, yes, but like. <laughs> well, yes, but. <laughs> yes, but be quiet. <laughs> it's like the guys that come onto the onto the plane with like a burger and fries stink up the whole yeah, plane. Oh but you're like, dude, that sucks. Only because you don't have one. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, right. now I know I'm hungry. Exactly. <laughs> Would do you like hot food, like hot stuff? Spicy I've learned to eat spicy food in the last year. Yeah. I actually did a nutrition program with someone who was amazing, and he taught me he taught me how to eat spice. That's was cool. that a goal for the program for you? Like you no, well, this, the program is all about rebooting your microbiome, mm. which is, we haven't even mentioned, which is obviously critical to every piece of everything. Mm -hmm. um, but... You know, it was it, it was teaching about the thermogenic benefits of spice used properly at the right times. And there's a lot of cultures that use spice. It's also antimicrobial yeah. to some degree, right? So, I've so for a long period of my life, I used to like everything with hot sauce, and I just loved it, right? And so now it's not as much. Like there's it's more intuitive. Like there's like ah, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And I think yeah. it's because of that. But uh, but. Yeah, let's get into the microbiome stuff. Like currently, right now, I'm doing a three day fast. Right, I nice. do that quarterly. You oh, no, it now. I do a three day yeah. fast. Impressive. Monthly. No, that's why there's no snacks here. <laughs> uh, uh, no, there's there should be snacks. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want a snack. Uh, I have an IV. What more could I possibly? I, I do a three day monthly, and then I do a six day quarterly, just at the change of seasons, and, and because of that, right? Because I feel for me, I, I mean, the last couple of times that I've done the HRV, like. Um, not the HRB, what's that? I forget what it's called, but they test also your, your cellular age. Oh yeah, yeah. I've lost two years, like the past two years in a row. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. Um, and so, you haven't even been using a pit a lot. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So. You can throw that into the mix. 150 years old is my, my goal now, so <laughs> we'll see where, how that happens. Amazing. How that's gonna happen. Um, yeah. yeah, let's yeah. get into the but yeah, microbiome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
why what's the most important thing that you know about the microbiome for people to know Oh, well, I mean, what's the most important thing to know is that it is critical to every aspect of our health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's aspect, it's critical when we're trying to control our or affect our body composition, our immune system, our longevity, our digestion, like everything. And the problem is it's a very difficult thing to address. I mean, you know, you've got a couple, you've got a bunch of companies out there who claim that they can assess your microbiome and tell you exactly what you need. I think they're a little ahead of themselves. The jury's still out mm-hmm. on, you know, you can change your microbiome in two to three days just by what you do. Like your three day mm-hmm. fast is gonna, you know, if you tested your poop before and you test your poop after, it's gonna have a massive difference. And I think that one mm-hmm. of the things that we don't talk about is um, is feeding the microbiome mm-hmm. what it needs. And thinking about it almost like a garden that you're trying to, it's like you're cultivating, you're, you're feeding the plants that you want. You're starving out the ones you want a little less of. Like it's a balance. Nobody knows what the holy grail is a microbiome is just yet. We don't know that there is just one. Maybe there's a whole lot of different versions. So what I've learned, I mean, by doing this one program, what I learned was we did it a lot through food. And what it did for me is it enabled me to have much greater tolerance for a much broader range of foods that I'd lost. That's what I was wanting to ask you about because we were kind of hit on it with the resilience thing before. And I've noticed it for myself, just like in Mm -hmm. foods I can or can't eat throughout trying to figure all this stuff out. Yeah. Like, is that, is that like a, do you have kind of a formula now to help people get to a place where they can like you know, maybe they need to have that elimination for a minute, but then they can start cultivating it back again. Like, yeah. So I don't do a lot of the deep gut work, okay. but I would say for my clients that I do take, mm-hmm. I will generally have them do this microbiome reboot. Yeah. Just to, because I think we can all use it. It's mm-hmm. food based. Mm-hmm. Um, for the complex cases, obviously you're going to have to get into much deeper protocols, right? You're going to have to use specific probiotic strains. You're going to end up using maybe antimicrobials, like, mm-hmm. And to, to be honest, like I used to do some of that. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not, you have to operate in your zone of genius. Yeah. Right. And if you, if you, if you don't resist the temptation to dabble into too many things, you just end up doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I really love working with experts in their own areas mm-hmm. and allowing them to do their thing. And then I do the, the other side. But if someone's not like basically mostly good, I will... Um, we'll just do that microbiome reboot and it's a 20 day and it's, like I said, it's mostly food based. We then do like, um, I mean the, the program it's Joel Green. I don't know if you've read, you know, Joel Green. Mm -hmm. Oh, you gotta have him on the podcast. It's amazing. Uh, so he wrote a book called the immunity code Mm -hmm. and this guy is brilliant at this stuff and his gut microbiome reboot is spectacular. Now there's a couple of populations who will be too sensitive for it. So they're not ready. And so they have to follow a different protocol. But with him, it's this 20-day microbiome reboot that basically uses apple peels, HMOs, and red phenols. Um, HMO is human milk oligosaccharides. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. What's an HMO? <laughs> um, and, um, and you do this over 20 days. And then at the end of it, you do this common cell reboot where... You're feeding, you're mass feeding your body like very specific foods for a few days and you come out of it. And anyway, for me, it was, it was amazing. All of a sudden I could have whey protein. All of a sudden I could eat beans without flying halfway around the world. Like it was (laughs) craziest thing. That's so crazy. I've never heard of a 20 day for that. Like when we talk about the resiliency, resiliency of the body, like that is it right there. Well, you know, what's amazing about it is what you're doing is you're cultivating acromantia and bacteriitis. So you're going after specific gut bugs, you're feeding them. And what they do is I think it's bacteriitis that upregulates your ability to produce short chain fatty acids and butyrate. And people are trying to take butyrate orally. It never gets to where it's supposed to go. Right. And your body can make it. So once again, what can, you know, going back to the beginning of our conversation, like what can we do that helps the body to do what it was supposed to do in the first place? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Dr. Nathan Bryan was here last week and or last week, two weeks ago. And two he, weeks ago. and one thing that stood out to me, and he's not, the microbiome is not his 
ex, uh, what, what did you call His it? Son of Genius. Son of Genius. Yeah. I like that. And, but uh, he did mention on there how, and I'm going to botch this, but that the human genome has, let's say whatever, uh, 150 genes. I don't know how, what that number Many, is. many genes. But that the <laughs> gut microbiome is like hundreds of thousands of, oh, yeah. of genes, right? Yeah. So, so the idea that uh, we think that we can control Oh, it, yeah, we can control that. <laughs> <laughs> right, correct. And then, but then the, what's fascinating about it is that you, you said that there are companies out there that say, like, hey, we can do this, but it's like there's not enough data yet. Is that, would that be correct? Like, I don't think there is. I think there's still a lot that's unknown. I think that, and maybe to properly sample the, to properly sample the microbiome, we're, we're just not, you need like multiple samples, right? It's like when you're doing a hormone, when you're testing cortisol. Yeah. You don't test one point. You know, in a perfect day, world, yeah. you do a five-point test. In an even better world, you do a five-point test over three or four or five days mm -hmm. if you can afford it because that gives your practitioner an idea of what your cortisol doing. Is it high when it's supposed to be high? Is it low? How does it respond? Does it stay stuck on sometimes? So with the microbiome, because it's so, it moves so much, like there's people that will say, if you're doing a single stool sample, it could be different when five feet over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. We had that. We had that um, women's health panel the other day. Yeah. And one of the questions that Katie asked that I loved was, uh, she asked, uh, she asked the panel about like, what do you do for those people that like can't afford all the things? Yeah. Right. Like, how do you maximize the the bang for your buck for like just with by what do you read? Who do you talk to? Like, who do you follow even like to get the most information? Right. Because like you said, it can get get expensive. It gets overwhelming. But intuition has a, has to play a big part of it. Yeah, I think intuition is huge. I think in our world right now, what's difficult about intuition is it's we live in a very noisy world, yeah. right? And, <laughs> yes. and tapping into your intuition is in and of itself a practice. And learning to calm your mind, learning to calm your body, learning to reconnect with yourself like we disconnected from our bodies in many ways like getting out of your head getting into your body like that whole process so intuition yes and you know there's a there's a certain piece of what are you being faced with like are you not sleeping are you not able to to calm yourself down when you need to be calm um looking at those cues and understanding where do you really need to do the work and choosing what area you're going to focus on. Mm -hmm. But making sure that before you go to focus on, oh, I want to, I don't know, do something crazy fancy. Like, am I sleeping? Am I able to calm myself when I need to? Yeah. Am I exercising slash moving? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be about exercise. Yeah, All I like things. that a lot. It kind of similar to that question, like, I am still, I want to hear more about peptides. I want to bring it back into this because like, I think they're just, they're, they're so new to me to understand anything about. So um, similar to that question, like, are there like, like, what are some lifestyle things or things that you can eat? Like, are there ways that you can get more of these peptides like produced by your body um, or eat, consume them in ways or is like, yeah. how no. do you like admit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, so BBC 157 lives in your body, right? Right. Uh, LL37, which is a very powerful antimicrobial peptide, is actually a downstream metabolite of vitamin D. Oh, wow. Right? Which is really interesting. The thing is that you don't, when you're, when we're using peptides exogenously, the thymosin, and the other one is the thymus peptides, like thymosin alpha-1, thymosin beta-4. The challenge with the thymus gland is, as you guys know, is as we age, the thymus gland turns to fat, it involutes, and it stops being functional. So we know that for longevity, what can we do to regenerate that thymus gland? So we know that growth hormone, for example, can help to regenerate the thymus gland. But when we're looking for those therapeutic benefits, and that's the other thing. To me, peptides are a tool. Mm -hmm. They're not a, oh, let's do peptides because it's the new thing. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, and, and so at some level, you have to save those for when you need them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have an unlimited budget and you want to do the you want to run the bioregulators, like I'm, I'm enrolled in a clinical trial right now, so I'm running nine bioregulators a month, every month. Wow. And so, you know, but it's a commitment, right? It's a financial commitment, but I'm doing it for the love of science. 
sense. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And also because awesome. I want to, you know, I mean, my biological age right now is 10 years younger than my chronological age, but I'd like to, you know, she's like, I want to train moving. Yeah. <laughs> See how far I can go. We're going to have a bunch of Benjamin buttons around here before <laughs> long. Once, exactly. once we learn a little bit more, you know, <laughs> just a little bit more information. Yeah. And then on, you know, on that same peptide train, when you're looking at like how long you should take it, is it a 30, 60, 90? Is that all? Or That's a good question. Yeah. It's uh, that's a great question, and I will tell you what I tell all the people in my group. And first come this. into the group, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. It the absolutely was. depends. I think, <laughs> and this is the frustration that people have with peptides. Everybody keeps saying, "Why isn't there a book that tells me how much to take, when to take it, and how long to take it for?" <laughs> and the truth is that while there are certain frameworks for protocols. It really depends. Yeah. It it's depends the on the diet. I think we got yeah. screwed up by like right? having so many prescriptive diets for so long that people think that's how it's supposed to be for yeah. health. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut or, you off. And even no, that. no, you're right. Even medical, right? Yeah. Like in the medical world, it's like take this pill for the next seven days and and it and you're done, or take this pill for the rest of your life and you're <laughs> done. But but with peptides, it it really depends. Like I had a woman who came to me at the very beginning. And so I got some help with this protocol and she had a non-union joint fracture in her wrist. So this was a bone that had broken and it wouldn't go back together again. So she was basically scheduled for surgery. And the challenge with wrist surgery is there are a lot of bones in there. Like there's a lot going on. So she called me, she'd heard I'd been work. I'd started working with peptides. She said, Hey Nat, you know, do you think there's something in this peptide world? And so I call up my guru and I'm like, you know, what do we do? (laughs) And, um, you know what? She used one, two, three peptides. I think it took eight weeks. She went back to her orthopedic surgeon and he just about fell off his chair because <laughs> those bones had come back together again. Wow. So it can be that dramatic sometimes. That's so cool. So, you know, did she keep using them? No, she doesn't need to. They're done. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it'll take longer. I mean, there are practitioners who work with patients who have ulcerative colitis who have literally put those people back into remission. Wow. Right? Like, it's crazy. I mean, if it's if it's healing it's one type of cell in the body, like you said, everything's running on protein. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. Exactly. This sounds like sci-fi, you know? I love it. It, it does, and yet it's not. Yeah. Right? Is I that like the nanobites? Is that what we're thinking of? <laughs> the nanobites. That's I mean, what even, they're called in all the sci-fi even, shows. Even the liver itself, just how the liver can yeah. regenerate on its own. It's exactly. proof that the body wants to do that. Like, and can do that to a degree. This is probably a wild card question, but because I said the liver, is there like, have has there been any research trying to like understand why the liver specifically can regenerate? I'm asking you this just because like, it seems like it might be relevant to peptides, like mm. because the liver can regenerate itself, like and the peptides are trying to do that in the rest of the body. Has the mm. liver gotten like special attention in any case yet? I don't no. know. You know what? I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I know that there is a liver bioregulator mm. that helps mm. to, that helps the liver to regenerate to a greater degree as yeah. well. You know, you've got bioregulators for virtually every major organ. Mm. So there's a bioregulator for the pancreas, for the liver, for kidneys, for the thymus gland, for the adrenal glands, for different parts of the brain, for the blood vessel, the the blood vessel system one is the underpinning of almost any bioregulative protocol. So it's thymus, pineal gland, and the blood vessels. Are you three? Wow. I've opened another Pandora. I know. Everybody's I like, know. ooh, what's in there? I know. <laughs> this is why I love science and that lifelong learning thing. I don't think you get into science if you don't want to keep learning. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, people do, but... Well, you hope they don't. You (laughs) hope that they they keep going forward. I mean, science is ever-changing. That's the scientific method for you. We know less than we know. (laughs) There's less that... There's more that we don't know than what we know. And to keep that humility going, I think, is the key. And that's where the innovation comes, is when you get the people that are willing to keep studying and keep learning and understand that maybe what they know isn't what they should know. <laughs> well, and so. it's not the gospel. It's not fixed, it's the whole truth, right? Probably. It's yeah. and yeah. it could be different. I think my favorite guest to interview, and I'll bet you guys too, is when you find those doctors that are still curious. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they're continually learning. They're always looking at the next thing. And you tell them something they didn't know and they're not like, nah, it's not the thing. They're like, really? Tell yeah. me more about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Exactly. Um, this is, I'm stealing another question from Katie's women's panel. Cause you just mentioned three like body systems that are like crucial for all of these. Is there one that's most important do you think out of those three? 
uh, the bioregulators. So probably, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that probably a Pitalon would win the race, mm -hmm. but I would say that if you have an immune thing going on, thymogen, like the thymus bioregulator would be super important, except that a Pitalon has receptors. There's receptors for a Pitalon on the thymus gland as well. Mm -hmm. And with the blood vessels, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to be able to get nutrients to the cell and remove waste mm -hmm. products from the cell. So with those three things, yeah. I don't, it would be one. hard to yeah. pick one because you need all three. Yeah. And, and I do think that even with the, the three pillar question that got asked on the panel, mm -hmm. again, you need, the, you need those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to pick just one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Your IV is done. Wow. You're speedy. You beat me. <laughs> wow. I've never beat anybody on an IV. <laughs> That's amazing. I'll text starters. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who says that? <laughs> I know. I was I was watching. I thought I was going to finish first. <laughs> so, you yeah. got, so you got a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also fantastic. It's been doing wonders to it for our clients. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like it's one of the things that I've been wanting to dive into. Yeah. So. How do you feel? You said this might have been your first time to get it, actually. It's the first time. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other times that I tried to get that were abject failures. The first <laughs> The first time, or the, and I was so excited about this, I got sent NAD with an electrophoretic patch. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so it's transdermal. Mm -hmm. You want to hear my story? Yes. Yeah. I have the most epic reactions to things. Oh my gosh. Um, the first time I put it, I think I put it here because I had read that, you know, this, this, I went to take it off and where the electrophoresis patch was, was bright red and it was like a million little blisters no and so i poured um i have this machine that makes um electrically charged water it's kind of like molecular hydrogen only different so i poured that water on and it seemed to kind of stop it right and so i recovered and i was fine and i thought okay well maybe i did something wrong so <laughs> then i did another one no they sent me another kind. I don't know. They can't send me something else. I still have the scar on my arm from oh, the wow. second oh my time. And the second time, I didn't use the water. And it was like somebody had pour, poured boiling water. Like it was an itchy, like nobody's business. So that was the end of me in transdermal NAD. <laughs> then I tried um, subcutaneous NAD. And that took about six days. And my immune system went, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That is really interesting. Yeah. Now, yeah. Did I, you notice much? For, I know we didn't put like a huge dose or anything. No, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Like, I feel great. Actually, I feel really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you said you wanted when you walked in here. I wanted to feel good. <laughs> that, that, that's usually the case with that. Other than like sometimes people do a higher dose and they're trying to like, I'm going to hurry. And I'm just like, you can't hurry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to feel crummy. You're going to feel crummy. Um, yeah, and I mean, I've also, the one thing I'll say about peptides as well, as magical and amazing and fabulous as they are, is that you do have to treat them with respect because you can have negative responses to them. Mm -hmm. And when I first started with peptides, people were like, oh, they're fine. You'll never get a bad reaction. These are all, you know, they're native to the body. The body knows them. They're they know what to do. Yeah. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> you know, sometimes people like with the growth hormone secretagogues, which are one of the most powerful anti-aging peptides which i freaking love i can't touch those things my immune system is like won't have it i have really crazy histamine rea reactions mm -hmm. and i'm not alone like there are people who have the same thing bpc 157 which is generally really well tolerated there's a segment of the population that it makes them really anxious and edgy and it doesn't work for them so to the point where there's a whole Facebook group about people who got tired of being told it can't be the BBC. Yeah. Everybody tolerates it. They made a Facebook group for BBC. That's interesting. Is that because of where it's being extracted from? Like, is it like the. No, like an it's, it's synthesized or? in the lab. So, it, I mean, so I will say that where you get your peptides is very important. Mm -hmm. Do not go on Alibaba and get the $6 vial kind because <laughs> you do not know what you're getting. And I can tell you it's probably not good. Um, but. I think it's because where I see the worst reactions are typically people who have underlying conditions. So they have EBV, they have mold, they have Lyme, they have, they've already got a, a system that is being so challenged yeah. that that it, and it's almost like maybe that stimulus, it's too much for them. They have to first, got to prepare the terrain sometimes, you know, yeah. like it's not. That's so interesting. Much. It's weird. Like what I, I just like was looking up histamine reactions the other day because like. 
I notice like when it's about that time of the month for me, I always itch. Yeah, and I googled it and it's a thing that when the hormone change happens right before you start your period some women have a histamine reaction and I was like what this is so wild so I when you said like their histamine reaction from some of the peptides I was like I wonder what it's doing to the hormones of those people like who knows there's so many different yeah. like you know everyone reacts differently it's like I don't who knows where that reaction is actually coming from yeah there's so you, much more research to do yeah you bring up a really good point so this is where with the peptides for many of them there's What's lacking right now still is a lot of, I mean, there's more and more clinical trials being done with humans, but definitely there's not a huge amount of human trials. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of information with thymosin alpha-1, which is possibly why, so thymosin alpha-1 has been picked up by a drug company, mm. which is why it's now increasingly difficult to get your hands on it through compounding pharmacies. And How does a drug company even pick that up? It's <laughs> so I don't know what they did to pat, they must've done something to the molecule, right? Yeah. Uh, to the compound. Um, and it's it's tough because there are so many people that rely on it mm. to, to maintain a balanced mm. immune system. Another one that's gotten really incredible reviews right now is a peptide. It's a peptide called, um, it's called semaglutide. And it's a GLP-1 agonist. So GLP-1 is something you make in your gut. It is one of the, it's probably the most effective weight loss product on the market right now. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It sounds like it helps to heal the gut. So it like, doesn't. It doesn't. But okay. it does a million different beneficial things for the body. Gotcha. Um, but it's been, so what happened was that a, a drug company did start to look at it. The problem with GLP-1, if you know anything about it, when it, when you release it in the gut, it lasts about 20 seconds to it. Like it's, it's gone, it's here and then it's gone. Mm. What they did, legitimately, they did the work and they've extended the half-life of this thing so that it lasts for four days. Wow. So this is a once a week injection, yeah, self-administered, and it not only suppresses appetite, but it slows gastric emptying. Mm. It is really good for the heart. It improves the uptake of glucose by the cells. It improves insulin sensitivity. There it is. It's great for the brain. They're actually studying it for Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's is very often insulin resistance in the brain. Um, it's good for kidneys. Like I actually did a presentation on it. I, like I had a whole circle of benefits. It was crazy. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I asked about the gut healing from it because I was wondering if it was like, okay, either it's helping the gut heal so they absorb food better or it's like helping them absorb the sugar better somewhere in no, there. No, it, like, upregula it actually yeah. upregulates your uh, resting, it increases your resting metabolic rate. Wow. So one thing I will say that it does that's not so great is your HRV numbers tank. Tank, yeah. Wow. Because your resting heart rate goes up. Interesting. So, it's, if you're if you're addicted to getting a happy HRV number in the morning, you're cooked. <laughs> well, what does it happen. do for sleep? Does it disrupt sleep? Not even a little bit. Interesting. <laughs> no, because it stabilizes blood sugar. So if your blood sugar is more stable, mm. and you're not eating all, you're not you know constantly chewing through the day. But I mean, seeing like the pros and cons shows that like you should just do it sometimes. You're not supposed to be on these things a lot, and then like yeah. So I mean, definitely it it you know it's 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 been around for quite a it's been around for a few years. They did an extensive amount of research on it. I mean, there's two black box warnings on it. One of them is that in some people it can dry it can cause pancreatitis, mm. uh, which I would say is rare. But I've seen two people in my group who got pancreatitis from it, and that is a nasty condition you don't ever want to have. <laughs> um, and then the other one was, and this was only observed in the research rats, and in the rats in research, they found an increase in a very specific type of thyroid cancer, mm. which is thi um, thyroid medullary cancer, so it's the medulla mm. of the thyroid. Right. And I asked um, somebody else why they thought it would be in rats and not in people. And he said he thinks it's because rats have a much higher density of GLP-1 receptors on their thyroid. Um, so, but anybody, of course, in an abundance of caution, any human with a history of thyroid cancer, we're not going to recommend it. I always get yeah. questions like that about the rats. I'm like, and I'm always like, well, because it's rats, rats and we're human. <laughs> <laughs> and our things are not the same. We're not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. Especially when they do rat studies and they feed them like horrible food that rats are never supposed to eat in the first yeah. place. And they get sick and die. And I'm like, and you're a rat. <laughs> I can't yeah. it. 
I mean, we got to start somewhere, obviously, yeah. and we start. It is that ethical to start on humans? <laughs> Not really on rats either, but. Poor rats. I, know. I love the that. Rabbits. Have you seen the Hitchhiker's Dad in the Galaxy? I have seen it. Where they talk about how the rats are actually the smartest things in the universe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but we test on them. It's like, yeah, that's what they want you to do. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the things we do to those test rats are pretty nasty. Yeah, like yeah. We're making them stronger, actually. Yeah. 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 It's like the fun. squirrels. You don't want to mess with those. <laughs> Bad Rick and Morty reference. <laughs> kidding. Well, we got to wrap up because we're running out of time. Here. And I've run out of bag. <laughs> so, and I, I love that we're talking about this right now because we actually will be going into peptide soon. Yes. Yeah, we actually Amazing. started. So we, yeah, we have a, good a lot of requests. And so we finally had to, you know, bite the bullet and get in. Well, yeah. part of it was like we just wanted to help this person. He wasn't; they weren't finding it anywhere else. And we're like, we could get it because, like, our mm -hmm. pharmacy that we use, they're fantastic. Yeah. And, Amazing. And so they were like, well, we can do it, but like, you know, it's going to get cost. And it was like, okay, well, that's fine because we want to do this. Amazing. But they had already done all the research, and you talked about like how doctors are sometimes are just like, no, that's not the way. That's definitely not how we practice. It's yeah. always like, well, I mean, if you're going to do it, I know it's not going to kill you. It's, you know, it's safe. Mm -hmm. So, that, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. And then so we're starting to research it a little bit more here. Yeah, so. For sure. And, you know, with peptides, you definitely, you do cycles. Yeah. And that's what's really important, right? And you, we all know here that the body responds best to pulses instead of a constant. Yeah. Cool. Um, so it's the wave. Yeah. The wave. So where can they find you? What, uh, any last words? Uh no, um, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I'll just keep talking. So, <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at Natalie Nidham, and that's Natalie with an H, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-E. Um, you can find me through my website. It's probably the easiest. Is I've got rid of the H problem. It's natnidham.com. <laughs> and uh, the Facebook group is Optimizing Superhuman Performance. And the podcast is Biohacking Superhuman. Thank you so much. Thank so you glad guys. to have time. Thank you. 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 Thank